How do you attract a man? This conversation is over. You're listening to Manner of Speaking with Greg Mayu. Today's episode, this conversation is over. Okay, let me have another bite of this before we begin. My friend Dustin is sitting in my living room, and I've just made us some cocktails and homemade salsa. Mmm. Sounds pretty good, huh? It's a good nacho. Mm. Alright, let me finish off this last chip. For reasons I'll explain later, Dustin's telling me how he came to get kicked out of his apartment. It seems there was some ongoing tension between himself and one of his roommates. He's kind of edgy, has a very clear uh, vision as to the way things should operate, and I like to throw monkey wrenches when people have those sorts of visions, especially when they apply to me. So we would often get into arguments, although they weren't really arguments because I don't particularly enjoy arguing, as I'm more passive-aggressive in that regard, about dishes, things like that. It happened frequently, and that was what the last one was, the, the final the final straw. And he came home one night, pretty edgy, um, because he had just kicked his drummer out of his band and he was uh, looking for an outlet for his anger. And I I wasn't into it, you know, I've I've heard stories that he's told over and over about his band and I'm just tired of it. And I came home late that night and so I was like, okay, okay, okay. And just kind of blew him off. And so he left the room and my other roommate came in with, with a friend. I didn't know that she was having a friend over to stay for the weekend, but she was, and so the friend, you know, was putting her things away in our in our spare bedroom, and I was talking to her, trying to get to know her, making her feel, you know, welcome, and just, you know, a new person, you want to meet new people, so anyways, I'm talking to her, and my roommate comes in and says, dude, take, you're going to take out the recycling tonight? And I said, yeah. And then I went back to talking to the other person, you know, she's from Memphis, have you ever been to the hotel where the ducks come out? What are, what are some unique things about Memphis that you can tell me? Blah, blah, blah. And uh, the other roommate keeps pressing the issue. So you're going to take out the recycling? And I said, yeah, I can get it taken out. And mind you, this is late. I had work that day. I had a three-hour class that evening. It's around 11 o'clock. I'm making dinner, and I'm trying to talk to someone else uh, about something that's, that I find personally interesting, not recycling. And so I say, yeah, I'll take it out and go back to talking to her. And he says, well, no, I know, because but you said you've take it, you'll take it out before, and you haven't. And I said, you know, I think I can get it taken out in the next 10 hours, you know, because recycling doesn't usually come until 9 o'clock in the morning. They always come after trash. Not my point. My point wasn't I'll take it out at 8.59. My point is... I've got 10 hours to accomplish this. I think I can get it done. He said, well, no, I know, you, I know you say you'll get it done, but I've had to chase them down the street with the recycling. And he starts becoming very aggressive with that. So this is the outlet, apparently, that he had been looking for. And so I say, you know, like I just told you, I'll get it done in the next 10 hours. He says, well, I know that you say it. And I was like, this conversation's over. 
because I can see where this is going. And it's not going anywhere good. It's not going anywhere I want it to go. And I just don't want to talk about it. You know, there's nothing. I don't have to talk about this with you. I don't want to talk about this with you. There is nothing that you're saying that is relevant to my interests at this point. And when I said this conversation's over, like I was telling you earlier, he's got a very direct way of how things should go. When people encroach upon that, it's not something that is a disagreement, it's an affront to the vision that he has. So, I tell him that this conversation's over. Beyond, I stole that from Fight Club, you know? <laughs> and he walks off and says, fuck you. And I know, I know that that's not the end of it, you know? And it, but it was the end of it for that night. So the friend from Memphis smokes a doobage, goes to bed. I go, it's finals. Um, I had a couple papers due for classes, 20 page papers. I've been doing my research, so my night's not over yet. So I've got to stay up and do more reading. <laughs> Next day, same thing. Come home, tired, stayed up late, had work, went to school. And so I want to treat myself with some homemade salsa and chips. So I stop off at the grocery store, buy the ingredients for salsa and chips, and uh, I come home, I'm putting them away, and he comes in while I'm putting away the groceries, and we're both silent to each other. You know, because this is the way it's usually gone in the past. We're silent to each other for a while, and then whatever. And he says, Don't pull that shit you pulled last night ever again. As though what I had done was so vile and so egregious that it warranted pulling a stunt or pulling some shit. As though it, were, it was like I'm Aston Kutcher and he just got punked. You know, don't ever play that game again. Well, there's no game. And frankly, I thought that was the rudest thing that anybody ever said to me. I've been called assholes, or I'm an asshole. I've been told to fuck off, whatever. You know, the gamut that anybody experiences as far as being called names. So I said, stop right there. You don't talk to me that way. You know, again, probably throwing fuel on the fire but I mean we got to set some boundaries here if you're gonna you don't do that so he blows up so he starts screaming at me telling me that this is his apartment even though we all pay the exact same amount there's no lease mind you but I'm sure you know tenant laws there's an implied lease by virtue of the fact that I live there my belongings there I pay rent there on a monthly basis there's an implied lease that if anything is to come up, it has to go through the court or I have to be notified. There's no kicking out or saying there's no lease. Get out of my apartment. The reason I'm telling you this is because of what's about to come up. So anyways, he blows up and says, this is my apartment. The landlord has bestowed upon me the power to determine who lives here and who doesn't. If I don't want someone to live here, I don't have to let them live here. I can kick them out if I want to. And so I say to him, well, that's just flat out wrong because of what I just told you. So not the best rhetorical approach for 
debate because it's all it's an irrelevant point but that's the course i took so he's screaming at me saying you're such a fucking dick it wouldn't be so bad living with you you know i could live i could deal with the dishes and the dirtiness if if you weren't such a fucking dick and he kept on saying that to me and uh after i told him that you know you don't have the power to evict me he says bullshit you mean to call vinny that was our landlord and I said, that's just ridiculous. You know, you don't need to call a third party in an interpersonal conflict. You know, we're both adults here. If we have a disagreement, let's work it out. You don't have to call the fucking landlord. You know, that's ridiculous. And so he says, fuck it, I'm calling him. So he goes into his other room and calls him. <laughs> and so he comes back out and says, yep, if I say you gotta go, you gotta go. And so I say, well you know, against better rhetorical methods, I say, well, that's just not true. He says, you want me to call him back? And I said, no. And so he says, all right, the 15th, you got to get out of here. So I went to him eventually after he'd cooled down and said, how about the first? That'll work out best for all parties involved. You can find someone easier and I can find someone. He didn't know I'd already found a place and I actually needed to get out there. The first was how long I needed to stay. Mm -hmm. um, Cause I went on Craigslist that night and started looking for apartments. And actually recorded that conversation of me saying, can I leave in the first? You, you still have that? No, I deleted it. Oh. So yes, that's what transpired that led to the finding of a new place. All right, pause there. Forget something? I guess the only thing I forgot was when I said just for my own edification, what is it that I've left out that's dirty? And he did the once over and he said, well, your bag, your bag is on the couch and your socks are in front of my door. And I said, brah, those aren't my socks. I don't know what they're doing in front of your door. He's like, well, I don't know whose fucking socks they are, but you've done weirder shit than put socks in front of my door. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I've done weirder shit than put socks in front of people's doors. Which is true, I guess. I took a shit on an SUV once. <laughs> I actually took a shit in a plastic bag in the bathroom and then emptied it. <laughs> Uh, no, I left it on the window. <laughs> you know this person? Uh, no. It was just an SUV and I was being green. That's awesome. Yeah. And it was uh, misty out that night. <laughs> a human shit on your fucking... <laughs> How far in advance did you premeditate? Not this? much. <laughs> we were just walking back from a bar with my friends Mitch, Mark, and Quinn. And thought it would be funny to shit in a bag and, and empty it out onto the window of the SUV. <laughs> uh. <laughs> you didn't feel like really grossed out by your own shit when you were doing it? 
Well, I mean, you know, it's the it's larger than me. You got to deal with it. Touche. No. But you didn't leave any like written note to ex no. explain your actions. You hope that. Like, God, I wish I could have seen the reaction though. Could you imagine <laughs> going to get here? Ah, oh. ah, oh, come on, <laughs> come on. Although I'll never begrudge a good anecdote of the scatological nature. <laughs> this isn't what we sat down to talk about. The impetus for this interview is so Dustin can tell me about his new apartment and the tension between him and his new roommate. <laughs> Coincidentally, this apartment, the one he found on Craigslist that night, is located right across the street from where he got kicked out. And for the sake of this interview, we'll call the girls who live there Tanya and Gracie. I feel awkward giving real names. Even though, I mean, the chances of them hearing this is, are nil. Okay, so Tanya. Ta Tanya and Gracie. Gracie. That's good. That works. Okay. Did you just think those up now? Or did yeah. You? Okay, that's good. My, my thought was I need to find a new place. I need to find a new place now. But... Uh, this is a small room. I've got little in common with 24-year-old girls. Especially 24-year-old girls who celebrate a large collection of Disney VHS cassettes. Sex in the City evenings. Gossip. Um, girly shit. So my philosophy is such... I've got enough going on right now to where I can stay focused on school. I'm going to read more, whatever. I can make this year happen. I'll move in. And you know, there's always, is this jumping the gun if I tell you, you know, there's always sexual tension between know. males and females, regardless of of want or, or intent. There's always that kind of barrier. Doesn't matter if you have nothing in common or there there's no real attraction there. You know, there's always that tension. And there was that from the beginning, especially from Gracie. You know, kind of the eyeballs, the kind of flirtatious kind of behavior. Just really not subtle either, you know? Uh, jokes about sleeping with people right out there um, in order to get things done. Um, jokes about lack of boyfriend, lack of boning. Cha cha cha. Not once did I respond to them in a way that would suggest that maybe that could be fixed or, or I never really dipped my toe into that pool of suggestion so like what kind of do you remember what type of remarks you would say um i wish i could think of something specific but i can't okay but i can think of something specific that happened this weekend <laughs> <laughs> do tell so fourth of july was on Saturday. 
Um, there were a couple of things going on. Namely, me working. From 3 to 11.30. So, my options for 4th of July parties were pretty limited, both by time and by energy. You know, after working eight hours at a hospital on the 4th of July, when people are blowing their fingers off and drinking themselves into retardation, you get a little pooped, I've learned. So, I was both tired and inhibited by the availability or the access to sound partying environs. I get out at 11.30, and I walk to MGH train station and there is literally a wall of people dozens of people deep waiting to get in they're not moving they're doing some sort of a post 9-11 paranoia security phony check a couple dozen cops with their thumbs up their asses pretending like they're searching retards from the Midwest, you know, were totally giving up their rights to unreasonable search or seizure. So this, this wall of people is not going anywhere. But I did know that Gracie was down at the Charles watching the fireworks with her friend, Emily. I sent her a text message. Yo, are you still down at Charles? How are you getting back? You know, because the fireworks had just ended. And so it was re I thought they were going to take a cab. Or if, if not, I was going to see if they wanted to split a cab. Because I was right there. So she sends me a text back that says, No, we're not down at the Charles any longer. We're at a bar. Come down and meet us. And I was stoked, actually, because her friend, I dig. So this is bonus. I can stop by, have a brewski and talk to the friend. That's a tragic story in itself. <laughs> so I text back and say, okay, it's probably gonna be a while. Um, I'm walking up to Park Street, because I'm thinking, you know, all these people are here just because this is the closest uh, train station to the hatch shell. I can go up to Park Street and hop on, no problem. And my dumbass, I walk up to Park Street and I get in the line. The line is for the Braintree Ashmont line. And I stood in that one for about 10 or 15 minutes before I realized that to go to Alewife, there's no line. And not only is there no line, there's no security. So a would-be terrorist, you can blow up people going to Cambridge, but you can't blow up people going out to Quincy. So that pissed me off, and it just reconfirmed my belief that this whole thing was a charade to wean people off of their rights. So anyways, I go out. And I catch the L-Wife train after 15 minutes of wasting my time. Take the train a couple stops to Harvard. And, um, go to the bar. And this is where the, the 10 or 15 minute waste of time really fucked up my night. My roommate is waiting outside smoking a cigarette and you know she gives me a hug and and all that and it's very you know touchy-feely look at me kinda move into the music 
And so I'm like, this may, this may in fact be a bad idea. Maybe I should wait until another day to um, hit on her friend. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm being like, I got my poker face on. Like, you're not impressing me. I'm not interested in this business you're throwing at me. I appreciate you as a human being. You're good enough. You're smart enough. But really. Come on. So I'm, I'm like, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> So we go downstairs into the bar ski. <clears throat> what bar is this? Oh, wait, can you say? Yeah, Tommy's. So I go in. This is where it gets tragic. The second that I, I, I see the, the friend that I, that I went there to talk to, to get a little bit better rapport with, with whom I'd like to build a better rapport, rather. The second I walk behind her, some boner sits down and says, what's your name? Yeah. And I'm like, fuck it. I lost. <laughs> so I get a uh, brewski and while I'm I'm drinking my brewski I'm you know I'm trying to keep the conversation really bland not not going towards any directions that might eventually present themselves to manipulation of the uh bonering kind But that's that's real. My conversation's irrelevant because she's rubbing her personage all up on my my leg. You know, I'm sitting down and she's like rubbing her bottom on my leg, like dancing on me. <clears throat> but if that's the worst of my night, that's fine. I can deal with that. So I, after a brewski, I say, "All right, I'm going home." I uh, wanted to work on that sonnet and just, you know, not be there. So that was a pretty good reason to leave. You know, I've got a sonnet to finish by the 15th of this month. I'm gonna work on that. I'm not feeling this scene. And she's like, <laughs> You know, the, the whole, the whole, why don't you stay? <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, no, 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 yeah. So I go home and I, I start working on the sonnet, you know, I'm fleshing out ideas, honing in on what it is I want to say. So finally, around 2.15, 2.30, I get it, and I knew that she was home. So the, the door had closed, I'd heard some walking around, but I didn't, I didn't leave my room, because I didn't want, I didn't want to talk. Nobody likes to talk to a drunken person when you're sober. You know, not not to mention one that just tried to hump your leg. So, I heard a noise under my door. Now that is not uncommon. There's they have cat. The cat has this really bad habit of putting its paw under my door and like pulling back until it makes a popping noise, like pop, pop, pop. I assumed that the noise under the door was the cat doing that. You know, like. The cat's owner had just come home. It's excited. So it's doing its thing. So I get a text that says, I'm home! Exclamation point. And 
I take that as a cue to maybe go out and say, how did your evening go? How did things work out? And also to fish for information about what happened with the friend. You know, I make lemonade, Greg. (laughs) (laughs) I open my door and the noise perhaps was not the cats at all. The noise was a bouquet of flowers being placed outside of my door. Granted, it wasn't like 12 red roses or a nice arrangement from the local florist. So she didn't like stop at a she didn't like stop at a flower shop and get these. She impromptu picked flowers on the way home in yeah. her drunken um, haze. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 It wasn't it wasn't a formal arrangement. Well, that's all the more romantic. Uh, I I wasn't into that, dude. So I knew that something shitty was coming up. So I look at them, and and like I said, you know, I, I, something, I don't like this. I don't want to deal with this. You know, I want... I want to fish for information, and I want to go the fuck back to writing my sonnet. So I go out into the living room, which is three steps to the left, maximum, minimum, and she is sprawled out on the couch with the light on but no pants. The pants are on the floor, right next to the couch. She is covered by a blanket, but no lower than than the crotchal region. The entire, the entire uh, business is hanging out sans beef. But rather than acknowledge that too, I'm like, oh hey. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> you know, I've got a pretty good poker face, I think. And uh, she's, she's, she started, I, I don't know if she knew that I, I was more into the friend, if uh, whatever. But she was talking trash about the friend, who I guess had, I don't know if she went home with the dude or what. But um, she's like, she's, she's such a retard. You know, I buy her all these drinks. She's, she's schizophrenic. She's manipulative. And I'm like, okay, did she, uh, did she come back with you? <laughs> um, she didn't. She's like, my brothers won't pick up their phones. My life sucks. You know, I'm just trying to keep it, again, to the place where it's not, where it wouldn't go anywhere. Um, eventually off the cuff, I say, oh, you know, it looks like you might have dropped your pants on the floor here. 
and she just kind of blew that off. She's, uh, oh yeah, I wanted to sleep out here or something like that. You know, I was like, well, okay, cool. Sounds like everything uh, went well. Have a good evening. And a good day to you, sir. And the next morning, she's like, I was so drunk. Ah. And so, yeah, I just didn't even acknowledge the flowers or the... Oh, wait, no, on the way back to my room, I did say... Something like, it seems as though there's a bouquet of flowers outside of my door. Or something like that. And she's like, oh, yeah. Both of these things, she's blew... I mean, the pant thing and the flower thing, she's blew off, now that I think about it. So... Who knows, maybe she just dropped her bouquet outside of my room and... Her pants fell off. I don't know, man. So, from the seeds of... Dish argument comes, uh... Excessive nonsense, I don't know. Excuse me. had any strange roommate experiences? No, no, you definitely trumped me on that one. Yeah. <laughs> I did live with a woman in New York. She'd lived in the same place for five or six years. It was her apartment. Well, not her apartment, but um, she used to leave turds in the toilet. And uh, I don't know if it was like a bear thing. Like show you that show me this is my apartment and I get to leave a fucking turd in the toilet, but sometimes I I mean and I would I know it wasn't my turd I didn't poop and forget to flush, so she would leave turds in the toilet and I told my friend Travis about that and he said at least she poops big, and I said what does that mean and he said that's a valid question. I never answered it so yeah so. <laughs> So I'm not, I'm no stranger to, to interesting roommates, but I think naked, naked flower girl may be worse than uh, bear poop lever. <laughs> Dustin lives in Somerville, Mass, where he's working on his master's in English literature. He says once Gracie found a boyfriend, all sexual tensions subsided. He never finished his sonnet.